0: This is gonna be a good one. I am confident. I'm I'm ready. Kyle, I know you're ready. You got the notes ready. Justin's hype for this one. It's episode 232 of the flagship top rope nation podcast. My name is Ryan Drosty, joined by Kyle Ross and Justin Joint, as I mentioned. And tonight we're looking back three whole years at WWE. And when the McMahon family told us things were finally going to change, where are we after that declaration? We're going to go into it tonight. Before we do, let's go around the horn and talk to the boys. Justin Joint, cross town from me here in Iowa, had a little bit of a wild night last night. Wind storms. It was 70 degrees. We had tornadoes on the ground a week before Christmas. What's going on, Justin? Just happy to be alive. Survive the storm. <laughs> And most importantly, didn't lose power, which is crucial. Yes. <laughs> it is crucial because we were doing that playback app uh, show last night. Once again, we talked about it on the pod last week. We did a watch along to AEW Dynamite Winter is Coming. Kyle, Justin, and myself, we were streaming live. You could watch the show with us. It was, I mean, literally the TNT broadcast on the stream we were doing over there on the app. If you want to join us next time, make sure you get in that Top Robe Nation facebook discussion group we post the links there exclusively and on the patreon page justin did you enjoy yourself
1: i had an absolute blast
0: that was a good time good time kyle what about you my friend how's it how are things going out in ohio do you enjoy yourself last night in the, in the uh watch along
2: i did well i i'm still getting over just how great omega or per omega oh, um no. daniel and page was last night just um what a match I've watched it a second time. What do you got to say about that?
0: Oh, have you, you really? Yeah. I was thinking about it. I haven't had
1: a chance yet. It yeah. hold, holds up upon second viewing?
2: Yes, and there was a lot of little things that, you know, for instance, if you're doing a watch along with a couple of buddies <laughs> that you may not have picked up the first time, and I think, uh, you know, some of the critiques of it may not have held up necessarily. On po- like, you know, some of the criticisms, I mean, on second viewing. Mm. I thought it was absolutely outstanding, and it might be my uh, my overall match of the year. Mm. oh wow when we do that i I really loved it but uh hopefully it was not the texas tornado that came after you guys last night
0: (laughs) no uh f1 tornadoes were about 45 minutes north of us didn't come through where justin and i live so that was good that was good but the rain was pouring down as we were doing that watch along hitting the window right next to me i was surprised people couldn't hear it on the mic so it was a wild night crazy wind
2: you know, as we're going to get through, there's a lot of probably different things you could play as the show outro uh, for this particular podcast tonight, but what about throwing on that Texas Tornado theme song? It's kind of a banger.
0: <laughs> I <actually laughs> always like that song, man. I might have to do that. I think yeah. I will. <laughs> yeah. Stay so. tuned. Stay tuned, listeners. That's coming.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but enough about Kerry <laughs> Von Eric and um, yeah, more about the WWE, I suppose. We should probably get into this, right?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, here's the thing with our pod lately, we have been concentrating more on AEW simply because I think right now, I mean, we all agree it's a better product right now, but um, we wanted to look back at WWE and and what they've done over the last three years, because they did make that big promise to us. If you're on the podcast feed, I'm going to play the clip. If you're here on the video feed. I'm going to have to just read some quotes. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) YouTube (laughs) will flag us for copyright violations. I can't do it. But uh, listen to the audio feed, and you'll hear it.
2: Yeah, Uh, just a a quick thing. So I was sitting in the afternoon, as I often do, thinking about pro wrestling. And I was like, God, like the last three years of WWE, if you go back to like WrestleMania 35 and everything that's happened since then, I was thinking, like, what is like the good stuff in WWE? Over a three-year stretch. Normally, if I throw out any three-year stretch to you guys in the history of this company, since you've been watching, you can probably rattle off some stuff real quick, right? And I was really struggling. I'm like, God, what a just god-awful period this has been. (laughs) And then I was thinking, I was like, when did the McMahons cut that dumb promo? And I said, oh, my God, it's coming up next week, the three-year anniversary we could tie this all together and make a podcast because originally we were going to do like a year in review. But here at Top Rope Nation, we always like to do things a little bit bigger. What if we did a three-year in review on the WWE?
0: Hey, we always bite off more than we can chew, so why not? <laughs> 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 no, we're prepared. We are prepared. The notes yeah. are meticulous tonight. Got to give a shout-out to Kyle on this one. Yeah, it's it's going to be good.
2: so. so. Do, do we do we have some housekeeping? I assume that we would. Like oh, to I, get I probably should
0: do that. I should be a professional host and, yeah. and throw out the fact that we are streaming live on YouTube. We're streaming to four services right now: YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter. So wherever you are watching, follow us. Hit the subscribe button. It helps so much. If you're on YouTube, hit that like button as well. We would greatly appreciate it. If you're listening to the podcast feed, where ninety percent of our listeners are, if you're not already subscribed, please do so you never miss a show. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, better yet, a written review. We read them on the air. Haven't had one come in in a couple of weeks, so maybe next week we'll have one. But uh, yeah, get those reviews in. We greatly appreciate it. If you leave your Twitter or Instagram username in the review, I'll send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail. And of course, link is in the description to the Patreon page. It's the best way to support Top Rope Nation If you go to our Patreon page and sign up for just $5 a month, you get upwards of five bonus shows each and every month. Next month, we're going to be putting out two editions of Top Rope Nation Classics, which is always our number one reviewed show by patrons. It's what most people sign up for. It's our monthly deep dive on a classic wrestling event. Next month, early in January, we're going to be looking at the first ever WWF Shotgun Saturday night, back when they actually did the show in bars in New York City. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then at the end of the month... We'll be looking back at whatever our patrons vote for because we'll have our monthly poll. Pro- It'll probably be a Royal Rumble show, but we'll see what happens there. We'll be uh, accepting nominations over on the Patreon page,
2: yeah, and I'll be, of course, uh, running the Dominion machine to make sure that a certain option wins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we want to definitely thank all of our patrons. If you're on the uh, if you're on the video stream, you're seeing their names right there at the bottom. Uh, last last week, I shouted out Chris who had just joined. No new patrons this week, so nobody new to shout out. Let's change that next week. I'd like a couple new names but, to announce to the listeners.
2: You know, just on that front. I mean, you know, I'm not one to sway anybody or suggest anything. You know, far be it for me to tell the listeners what to do. But, uh, I mean, who wouldn't want us to do, like, a review of, I don't know, the 1992 Royal Rumble for its 30-year anniversary? <laughs> I, I I don't know.
0: what other <laughs> podcast had a guy once turn around so we knew that he wasn't cheating and call off all of the entrants in order of the 92 Rumble. I think you might have got one wrong, Kyle. Yeah, it was, much Hulk, got all of it
2: was Hulk Hogan, too. <laughs> the, I think I got Hulk Hogan and Skinner mixed up. The only time anyone in the history of pro wrestling... Has gotten Hulk Hogan and Skinner mixed up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so guys. You, if, if it you, if it wins, you're going to do eliminations in order.
0: Ooh, don't let him study in advance, Justin. <laughs> Can't have that. It'll be, that would be a fun show. <laughs> it's actually kind of amazing that we're closing in on what 30 Top Rope Nation classics. <laughs> Blindfold's awesome. 30 Top Rope Nation classics, and we've never done the 92 Rumbles, okay. so. Yeah, it would be a fun one. No pressure, guys. Yeah, no, no pressure no, at all. Patrons on what you nominate or vote yeah, for. But just throw it best, out there.
2: It's only the best Royal Rumble ever, you know, by a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> guys, if you're joining us live right now, let us know your thoughts on the topics we're talking about. Or just check in with us. We'd love to see that chat room get popping tonight as it has mm. been in recent weeks. So let us know you're here and that you're watching live. I, I can see some of the, the live streaming numbers here as we go. So I know you're out there. Let us know you're listening. Hey, all real, right. Real, before we get
1: started, I, I gotta know. I I'm watching uh Kyle pound Coca-Cola. Uh it, does caffeine not affect you? You can just go right to bed afterwards or
0: He we, doesn't sleep.
2: Uh I don't sleep very much and I also um do something to completely <laughs> set my mind off before I go to bed usually. <laughs>
1: <easily.
0: laughs> oh. oh memories of we, Chicago are coming back we, to me. Yeah.
2: We we bring it up, and then we come bring it back down. That's what we do.
0: <laughs> Very nice. All right, Kyle, bring it all together here. Tell us what we're talking about again and get the discussion flowing. You're kind of going to be in the driver's seat tonight, so let him have it. The floor is yours.
2: Okay. So first off, I think I wanted to do a big-picture summation of my frustration with this rather hideous promotion, meaning WWE. <laughs> And to do so, I think we really need to go back three years in time to this promo in question. So if you're listening right now and uh, kind of want to listen to this real quick, we're going to run through some quotes. Uh, it is Monday Night Raw from December 17th, 2018. I posted a link to the promo in our Facebook group, and I know a lot of people have already watched. it, So you know what I'm talking about. I think a lot of people remember this one uh, before McMahon's. Vince, Stephanie, Shane, and Hunter uh, came out there and with their tail between their legs a little bit, admitted that the product hadn't been good lately and that they were going uh, to fix it themselves, which is quite (laughs) humorous uh, for a number of reasons. And, you know, in the coming months, weeks years you'd see wholesale changes and this product was going to get so much better and that um that really hasn't happened at least in my view i but let's talk about the promo itself first Ryan. i know that you wanted to run through the quotes just for those listening here live yeah. on youtube
0: yeah so for those of you on the video stream right now you're looking at a picture of that very night and the promo that they gave uh i'm not going to be able to insert the audio like i said here on the video stream if you're on the podcast stream let's listen to what they said on that night we're out here tonight because um we haven't been doing a very good job for you lately we haven't
1: been doing the one thing that my father has always taught us to do and that's listen to our audience we've let Middle managers air their petty grievances, we've been suffocating our superstars, and all of that is going to change, and it starts tonight. We're off to a fresh start.
2: The days of
0: absentee management are over. As of now, the four of us will be taking back Monday Night Raw. And that goes for smackdown live as
1: well because the four of us are personally responsible to ensuring that all of you have the best possible experience that there is we're going to empower our superstars and empower all of you and more importantly we're going to
0: give you what you want Something new, something fresh. In the coming weeks and months, you will be seeing new faces, new superstars, new matchups. As of now, you are
1: the authority. And as long as we give you less of what you don't want, and more of what you do, WWE will always be then, now, and forever. Well, vomit. vomit. Yes, that god. was so bad Jesus. when he said
2: that. I, I, that was, I noted that right away. I was like, oh my god. He, he you <laughs> just know so he bad. wanted to say that. Uh, well, I've got a couple takeaways first, and then we, we, Go we right can ahead, all do that. All right. Number one, this Hunter Hearst Helmsley okay how insulting was it to insinuate quote the mcmahon's were taking back raw as if they weren't controlling it already right <laughs> like and, and the only thing that was worse than him saying that as you mentioned right were the people who popped for it in the arena they're like yeah yeah the McMahons, They're what yes. what is wrong i mean well
0: Eating i mean, it up, man.
2: I, I mean I, i'm sitting here now not watching the problem i just have these like Nerdy replica bear belt wearing people who like bow at Vince when he comes out. My mind and I just sort of want to like.
0: Hey, hang on, it. I have some replica belts straight behind me, Kyle. You better tread carefully. Oh, uh oh. Well, you're not <laughs> you wearing. See, I, it. I, I, I don't wear. I don't wear them yeah. to events. But.
2: I mean, are you wearing them to the event, like pretending you're the champ?
0: <laughs> no, no, yeah, I do not Vince do that.
2: Rep- wearers, I said it. Replica belt wearers. Yes. Um little personal pot shot here okay it's my po- it, it, it's our podcast so we can say what we want I thought vince came off like a real tool uh not just at the <laughs> end with that then now forever line but at the beginning yeah. when he introduced him I think there was a little bit of the intro that we left in there he was rambling you know he, he just he, like, he wanted people to pop for how long raw had been on the air I
1: mm-hmm. think he was almost thrown off a little bit by the what chance or, or annoyed. Openly annoyed by the what chance, and honestly, like even with the then now for everything, it just it didn't sound like even he believed what he was saying. Okay, yeah.
2: do we think Vince wanted to do that promo? Did he probably have to be not?
1: Talk- I think I, I yeah, agree. I think he yeah, needed to be talked so. into it. I, it. I don't think it's in his uh, DNA to admit that anything he does is bad or wrong. I agree, yeah,
2: totally agree. So, but it, and this was post Kevin Owens headbutt. It should be taught. Which guy? Man, he I, I cognitively he just doesn't seem the same since that angle, does he? When he took that shoot freaking headbutt from Kevin Owens?
0: Yeah, that's true. I'll,
2: I'll have a hat, maybe hats off to Kevin Owens. He got the shoot headbutt Mr. <laughs> man, and now he's getting two to three million dollars from him. Wow, not a lot of people
1: can say.
0: Nails, Bang, didn't, two to three million power. Huh? Yeah, yeah, but nails, you
2: know, t- nails didn't get two to three million when he hit him.
1: But you know, talking about how we got to where we are—at least speaking of you know the end of 2018 here—that great moment basically had no payoff. I mean, that was just about the end of it. I think he started a feud with Shane McMahon, and that just ended up petering out.
2: Yeah, I mean so- that that built. Yeah, it was uh, what well, led to Brian coming back? I guess conveniently. But still, you're right. There was like no payout, like, you know, and then like Owens and Zane lost and Kurt Angle had that TNA line at the night after WrestleMania. But yeah, I mean, it's just one of many things we'll talk about, um, angles that tend to go nowhere. Fresh matchups, fresh stars. I was in tears when I heard that. <laughs> uh, and we'll we'll have more on that in a bit, how dire that uh, outlook looks in 2022. And I want to offer a reminder, this was not, What we played for the podcast, but this needs to be brought up after this promo. The McMahon's were like interrupted by Baron Corbin, who was doing a GM gimmick at the time. Remember this? Maybe you don't. Yeah, because
0: they they make a reference to like middle level management or something like that in the promo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, and Baron Corbin was made the storyline scapegoat for the poor ratings. It wasn't like a heel thing where they were like, "Hey, you've been abusing your power," and and there was like some great payoff creatively to like you know like a, a traditional heel would get. No, Baron Corbin came out, and the McMahons essentially told your their audience, "This you suck, and you're the reason this show is doing bad ratings," <laughs> which is a hell of a thing to say about a performer. Uh, just a joint. Where can I find Baron Corbin right now?
1: Uh, Happy Corbin on SmackDown? <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> he's on WWE television still Three. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That to me is just amazing that you would like, just be like, this guy sucks. And he's like, you know, he's the reason this show blows. Yeah, well, he's still on TV. And I, he was in a main event program less than a year with Rollins.
0: Arguably, he's had the, some of the best creative on the show. Yeah. <laughs> This year, I mean to be honest with you. Well, the pre happy. You know, I mean, it's a low bar, but yeah, th- yeah. those
2: vignettes. But um, yeah. so just for some context, too. Uh, sh- going back to 2018, Showbuzz Daily reported that the week prior, December 10th of 2018, that episode of Raw averaged 2.1 uh, million viewers, two million one hundred ninety-three thousand to be exact. Um, again, week before this McMahon promo we're talking about and the impetus for it, obviously. Uh, the number was down from December 3rd, where they did uh 2.2 million, second straight week that Raw hit its all-time viewership low. So for this sounds a little familiar. And this is crazy here. The December 10th show averaged a 0. .75 rating in 18 to 49. Wow. Holy crap. That's yeah. double. Now, right? Yeah, what b- they they,
0: yeah, they, they point, float between point a point three. five and point three point three five oh. this year. I got something on viewership for you. You know how many times this year they've hit two million average viewers for RAW, like total this whole year. we we've, we've almost had fifty two weeks of television. We're close to the end of December.
2: I'm going to say one or two,
0: three times, okay. three times for the entire year they've hit two million viewers in 2021. And yeah, this was. Setting the low three years ago, 2.1 or whatever it was, he said, Kyle.
2: Yeah. Pretty um, wild. The, th- the third hour did over 2 million viewers.
0: Yeah. yeah th- th- third hour is really tanks uh, these days. In fact, yeah,
2: th- there's no this- way they've done 2 million for a third hour this year, have they?
0: Uh, no, this week's, I'm trying to find the number right now. Uh, I know, like they fell off a cliff for the third hour. They pretty much always do. Well, almost well, this, always. No,
2: this week wasn't that bad. Actually, I think it was like it held at like one one point six. It was like it was the Becky live match where it really fell off a cliff. Where it was mm-hmm. down like one point three or something.
0: Yeah. Normally, normally the third hour though. Oh, goes always hour, for sure. Yeah. yeah. O-
2: I mean, it's always the least viewed hour. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's yeah. A, a thing, but you know. I know there's more TV options now, and it's not fair to compare in the past, just like it wasn't fair in the 90s to, like, say, oh, you know, the first main event show did $33 million. I don't see them doing Well, I mean, that was preposterous. There was five things on television at that time. But WB would kill for those numbers, man.
0: I mean, three years ago is pretty damn similar to right now. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they had the same Monday night football competition. Streaming TV was already huge. I had mm-hmm. YouTube TV three years ago at this point. Yeah. So, I mean... It's not that much difference. Not like you're comparing to 15 years ago, 10 so, so years they're, ago. Even
2: they're down. Let's say Raw recently has been doing like 1.5, 1.6 million, right? So mm-hmm. that's down like five, six hundred thousand from three years ago, which isn't as bad. I actually looked this up. I don't have it in front of me though. I just, but it was like the drop in average from 2015 to 2018. Uh, again, three years gap was like 1.2 million was the average and again as the total viewership's gone down obviously the drops get smaller but you're always getting that drop if you go you know every three years but let's let's kind of push things forward here the biggest takeaway for me from that promo is the WWE has not gotten better over the last three years and my thesis which i will submit to you and the listeners. Is that creatively? Note the word creatively speaking. 2019 to 2021 is the worst three-year stretch since Vince took over the company.
1: Do you agree with that?
0: Oh, Man,
1: well, this tough like,
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. Go well, I was just going to this- say it's 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 tough because like it depends what you're evaluating on. You know, like are you evaluating match quality? No, but. Making you actually care about the product, it's definitely in the running.
2: I thought about like storylines, booking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say
1: being a regular watcher of wrestling, this past year has been the least amount of WWE I have watched since I came back in 2011 like by far in a way i they they've just beat me to the point where it's like I, I just can't care about this stuff that they obviously don't care about
0: yeah. agree and you know what really drives that home is the fact that we watched all this pandemic era programming in the thunderdome and we couldn't wait for him to get back in front of live crowds and now ron smackdown is in live in front of live crowds again And more often than not, you feel no inclination to watch, even after all that time of waiting for it Mm -hmm. to happen. I mean, that's a huge indictment.
2: And there was some concern expressed on this program about that because we had talked about, you know, everyone was like, oh, well, WWE's boring. It's slipping because of the pandemic and, you know, and whatever. But 2019, okay, smelled. 2019 WWE was bad. Like, after that, rest, from WrestleMania, the end of that year, that was bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, early 2019 wasn't bad. It got very bad by the end of the year. You know, culminating in Brock beating Kofi in seconds, I yeah, think, was, you know, really was, showed you the trajectory we were on. I think early 2019, so if you rewind a second, and you think, okay, what did they do that was actually different coming out of that promo? The product did get a little bit edgier right after that. I actually went back and I listened a little bit to some of the podcasts we did around that time. And we were talking about that. And we talked about, you know, AEW was coming in. A couple of weeks after that promo, AEW was officially announced on new, late New Year's Eve, early New Year's Day that morning. Uh, and so we, we ta- had talked about on our pod, did they feel some pressure? You know, with that announcement coming, is this why they were acknowledging that their shortcomings and they did a couple like more adult oriented uh storylines at the time, like they had um right after this they had this thing where Alexa Bliss was backstage without a top on remember that mm-hmm. they like just showed her back and she turned around and she was covering herself up. they did the the storyline with Jimmy Uso and Naomi and Mandy Rose. That was like pushing the envelope a little bit. So they they did change in that way. And then, you know, like if you want to say. <laughs> if we're, you want really, to say that,
2: we're really scraping here. Get that bottom of the well, barrel out.
0: No, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to defend them. I'm just pointing yeah. out like some of the stuff that happened. So early 2019, of course, leading up to WrestleMania, we got the main event with the women. People were pissed, though, that Charlotte Flair got thrown into that and made it a triple threat. I think I know we've had some debates about that over time, whether it's in the Facebook groups or here. Um, I still don't think that was the right decision. I know Kyle, you don't think it was the right decision. I don't either. I think Ronda Becky is what they should have done. We still haven't got it. You know, we're almost three years later now. We we thought we might get it later that year. Didn't happen.
2: And even if we do get it, it's not going to be as hot as it was back then.
0: Exactly. But they did like they did go with the flow with Becky's you know rise. She was the hottest thing in the promotion. They put it in the main event. That was the right decision. And. The whole Kofi Kingston situation was completely forced by the crowd, mm-hmm. right? Like that was not supposed to happen. And it was very similar, you know, kind of to what happened with Brian in some ways where the crowd forced the issue and we get, ironically, Kofi winning the title from Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. And that was a good match. It was a great moment. I, so, I like, think get a 2019. There's some good moments, but it's all early in the year. As that yes. year dragged on. It got terrible, to your point, Kyle. And then if we go into 2020 and 2021, the highlights, to me, are going to be a lot less. And 2019 is clearly superior to 2020 or 2021.
2: Well, well, okay, and that's what I want to get to. All right, I'll concede those two things. Kofi Mania and the women getting the headline. WrestleMania, you know, Becky Lynch, for a time, was the hottest performer in the company. Okay, I, I don't... I personally am not as high on either of those two things as most fans are, particularly WWE fans. Uh, But other than those two things, which again, you have pointed out early in 2019, okay? So that's the earliest part possible of the time period we're talking about. What's on your 2019 to 2021 WWE comp tape, Justin? Like, if I'm like, hey, dude, (laughs) hey, dude, like, I... I just I woke up out of a three year coma, and I want you to share with me the best of what WWE did. What are you putting on that other that other than what Ryan just mentioned?
1: i I think just the 2020 Royal Rumble and that's probably it.
2: I the knew you were Rumble gonna match. say that yeah I knew, <laughs> I knew you I knew you were gonna bring that up. Yeah, that came to mind for me. um the Sasha Bailey feud. I guess. Yeah. I mean, Bayley's
0: 2020. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But like to me, you know, I was thinking about that even, and it was good, but the standard by which it was good was kind of sad because it was actually just a feud that was sort of done. Logically. It wasn't anything like particularly special. It was like WWE actually just saw a feud from start to finish without screwing it up. And if that's the bar that we're giving them credit, that's kind of sad. (laughs) <laughs> um, I mean, again, so that's the twenty. I mean, Daniel, or, you know, Daniel Bryan. Don't call him Brian Danielson. You know, had a couple good matches early in the year before he left. Yeah, but like, and I'm going to have a note on match quality that'll blow some people's mind and really get some people upset. I believe.
1: So, are are wow. you saying that uh, Seth Rollins taking the eye of Rey Mysterio isn't something you're going to tell your oh, grandkids god. about?
0: Oh, god.
2: No, I mean, like, that's the thing, too. Like, how many, like, if you brought stuff up, how many bad things have we forgotten from these three years? It used to be, like, if I threw out a three-year period, you could name probably the two or three really dumb things they did. But there wasn't, like, these, like, other, like, horrible things that were just, like, because there's so many of them, you forget about. Like, that's a perfect example. No one even cares that that happened. They did an angle where a man's eye allegedly fell out, and no one cares.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess looking at the other highlights, you, you mentioned the Rumble. Justin Drew was definitely like the biggest casualty of the pandemic because he got such a pop, you know, when he when he won the Rumble, and that would have been a great moment at WrestleMania if he didn't win it in front of an empty performance center. Uh, same with like Edge's return. His initial return, the pop he got at the Rumble was so good, and then and he, got he had injured. That match. But,
2: then he had that match with Randy Orton at WrestleMania, which the awful believe, one. Yeah.
0: yeah, it was not g- not great. But I mean, Book. he got injured after that and he missed some time. But like, the pandemic certainly hurt Edge's return. Um, 2019, Kyle, and you're gonna cringe when I say this, but upon the initial, initial debut, we did like the Fiend because it was different. And the way, if before the Hell in a Cell completely ruined him with Seth Rollins. it That was a good moment in 2019. Like, his uh, initial debut, it was good.
2: Although, I believe we said, well, this was different, but you can't have a main event, do this as a main event gimmick. I'm almost, I'm like 99% sure. Again, the memory's a little shoddy sometimes. But I, I remember, and once he got to the main event and they did the fiend, we're like, okay, you got to get rid of this Firefly Funhouse bullshit. Because that's gonna, that's just not a main event act. And then they didn't do it. And that's all-I mean, yeah, that hell in a cell in 2019. Yeah. Kofi and you know, as much as people love the moments of Kofi Kingston winning the title, his title run sucked. Let's just yeah. let's just mm-hmm. absolutely call a spade a spade and a turkey a turkey. That title run sucked. And I'm not saying it was necessarily his fault, but it was just one of those like everybody comes out and says, Kofi, that was a great underdog moment, but you're not really a deserving champion. And it was rinse repeat, and then he got his ass completely handed to him, like you mentioned, by Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and that pretty much drove the point home that they were telling.
1: Not they almost, even, they they probably should have just gone back to Brian within a couple of months because that what he was doing was great as the the planet's champion.
0: Yeah, that was good stuff.
2: But even that, I always, I've always, uh, this is just an aside. I have always viewed the Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston. Little mini feud and, and match that they had at WrestleMania as a lesser version of Dan- Daniel Bryan and Triple H from five years earlier, and that's coming from the biggest Triple H critic in the world, yours truly. Yeah. So I you mean, gotta- well, I mean, Kane Velasquez, WWE superstar, oh, it's
0: terrible, terrible.
2: <laughs> so I, I think the point is we've driven this home, and, and you know the the listeners at home can play along, think of you know. <laughs> to this barren wasteland with their favorite moment. Lasters. The bottom line is there ain't many. Justin joined, I believe. I, I, there was a hand
1: raise. I, I don't want to interrupt your thought. Go ahead and finish it.
2: No, I, it actually was done.
1: I w- okay. I'm just curious. In this moment, when you guys watch this promo, did you believe it at all that they, that they might actually make some changes?
0: Boy, I I wanted to believe the fact that they were doing this on television. Maybe think there was a chance, uh, and like I said, like initially it did seem like they were making some changes. I, am not saying that that the stuff that they were doing with the women was something that I wanted to see, especially. But early in the year, like I mean, like I was going into, there was reason to be somewhat optimistic because they, they listened they, to us on Kofi Kingston, they listened to us on Becky, and so like it was a, for about three months there was some positive things happening.
1: They they brought up a handful of NXT stars almost immediately, but then six months later they were all. Firmly entrenched in the mid card.
0: Yeah, I mean we didn't mention Roman yet. (laughs)
1: More on that later. By the way,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean Roman's return. Like initially, obviously, that was a huge, huge victory for them. Creatively, the character was awesome. We've talked about recently on the, I think it was on the pod. Do so many shows now, I can't remember. It was the pod or the watch along or top rope nation extra. That you know, it's kind of. Got boring lately, but for the first several months when Roman first came back, it was really as good. Stuff. Mean, yeah, yes, as a heel, I, you mean, yeah, as a heel. What I finally, what we wanted to see, you're
2: right, you're right. I can't believe we didn't mention it because I think that's what a lot of WWE fans are going to point to is this Roman Reigns character. But even that, like you just said, it's gotten quite repetitive,
0: yeah.
1: So, the and point I think, and, I, that's exactly why we didn't think of it is because we're kind of tired of it,
2: yes. It's kind of,
0: <laughs> yeah. I want to get so, to one of these one of these chats quick before we turn oh. the page here. So, uh in in the chat room Philip chimed uh, chimed in he said, "Let's say Vince steps aside and Nick Khan takes over in 2022. How do you think 2022 to 2025 will compare then versus these past 3?" So, a couple of things. I mean, so Nick Khan's a business guy, he's not a wrestling guy. And for that reason, it maybe would improve, I think, because Vince is so hands-on. That if Khan was in Vince's shoes, he would solely handle business. He wouldn't get involved in creative. So you would have some different voices there at the, at the top of the food chain. So I I this, I don't think, is going to happen. Like, I don't think there's any chance of that happening. But if it did, I actually do think there's a pretty good chance it would improve. Because I do think the big problem right now is Vince is so out of touch. And he's the final say. Like, it always... All you have to do is is listen to the people who lead that company. Everyone says the same thing. It doesn't matter if you have a good idea if Vince is is not on board. It's not going to happen. And that, you know, there's people in the writing room. We've talked about this before. There's people in the writing room that know aspects of this product suck. But it doesn't matter because in the end, what Vince wants to see is what happens. Even though they have, whatever, 50 plus writers. It comes down to Vince. If you remove him from the equation... I do think you would get better creative, honestly.
2: Yes, but here's the problem. Who is Nick Khan going to ha- have running the wrestling product? Is he going mean, to get rid of Hunter. Paul? Yeah, and Hunter, who did he learn? I mean, people are going to point to NXT, but Hunter would not run Raw and SmackDown the way he ran NXT. I don't have a ton of faith in Paul Levesque running the show i mean would it be better than vince yes vince is a massive massive problem right now but i mean i think you would have less of the just things turning on a whim because you have this old man running things and he gets bored with something or he forgets or just doesn't want to do it anymore you'd have less of that it would be better but um the problem with wwe is they're so set in their ways that they just don't want to do any sort of major change. I've said this in discussions, again, on the Facebook group before, and I believe on this pod. Like, 1993, WWF, was not a success financially by any objective measure. But when I go back and watch, like, it's so much easier for me to watch than any of these last three years because it was such a departure from, like, the previous year. You had Raw, right? They tried new stuff in 93. There was an influence of Memphis booking because Jerry Jarrett was there and okay. Yeah. A lot of it didn't work, but at least they tried. Yeah, and it's, and it's easier to, and we're going to get to this in a little bit. I want to see things progress and change WWE. It it doesn't feel like things change very often. So I think we've kind of established a real dearth of highlights over the last three years. You know, people are going to try to say that, uh, compare it to the mid 90s. Again, I just brought up 93 and say, "Well, what about that period?" Well, that brings me to this point on match quality. Okay? So again, obviously right now way 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 more financially successful than any other period in history the company. Uh specifically, I mean the mid 90s in particular. But you look at this match quality that people always talk about with the WWE. Oh, well, you know the storylines suck, but these guys always bring it in the ring. When it comes to high end matches, I'll take that mid-90s period any day of the week over the last three years. Uh, you know, in all due respect, there's a, I'm not going to mention any names, but there's a lot of big names on the internet who, you know, give a lot of high ratings sometimes to these matches because it's a certain style they like. I do not see a lot of high-end matches in modern WWE. I mean, there, there are ratings I see, and I just laugh. I'm like, what are we doing? Four and three-quarter stars for... The men's war games. It was a quarter star less than 92.
0: Are you insane? <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> that's bad. With that 30,
2: the match with 38 freaking minutes. Okay. Love with Uncle Dave, but random on. people. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just find some of those highly questionable and, you know, there's so many multi person matches, these money in the banks, which get high ratings from people. And it's just interchangeable. Like you can watch these matches and it's like you see the people in them, but they're like nameless and faceless for the most part because, you know, they just put these people in. and eh, why not? They haven't been built up. It's like, well, this guy could take a couple good bumps. Um, it will, and just to drive this home with match quality, I, I'm going to, I specifically didn't put the time in because I want to blow your mind on this excluding NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live, okay? I'm just talking about Raw, SmackDown, and the pay-per-views. When do you think the last time I gave a WWE match four and a half stars was? And can you name the match for a bonus point?
0: Ooh. <sighs>
2: it won this year. I'll give you a hint. <laughs>
0: I mean this w- are you are you counting like NXT UK?
2: No, no, that's why I said Main excluding, okay. yeah, excluding okay. NXT N- not NXT oh, okay. not NXT that, yeah. UK, not two oh five live. Because there was a four and a half star match on two oh five
0: live once. Twenty uh, eighteen? Is that the year? Further? Further back? Yeah. Wow.
2: There's one match in 2018 you could maybe talk me into giving four and a half stars, and it's one that most people wouldn't think of. It would be the Daniel Bryan-AJ Styles match on SmackDown that people forgot. It was right Hmm. before they went to Saudi Arabia, and they did the match. Because Bryan didn't want to go to Saudi Arabia. They did a match with no near falls. I think Bryan just did it just to flip off everyone in the back, and I love him for it.
0: (laughs) Um. <laughs> uh, I just met. I by know. the way,
2: I just mentioned one of the per- people that w- was in it. So, uh, so just so we don't go long, it was John Cena, AJ Styles at the 2017 Royal Rumble.
0: Oh wow! All right. There is
2: not there has not been a legit match of the year contender, Raw, SmackDown, or pay per view since that match, and I don't give a damn what anyone says.
0: Um, our guy Brian checking in the chat. Brian was at uh, Winners Coming last night in Texas. He says. Oh. If Vince steps down, Bruce seems like he would be the heir to the throne at this point. Bruce Bruce, and Johnny seem to be pushing Triple H out of the inner circle. Bruce Pritchard. I just don't think Bruce yeah. Pritchard would have any interest in that spot. I, he's, Are
2: you kidding me?
0: No. You think he would want to run the whole company?
2: I think he would want to book the company.
0: But Vince McMahon is running the company. Like, I don't think so. He, I think Bruce is there because it's an easy no, job. No, he, he's a yes he, man. He's making a lot of money.
2: No, he's saying he's saying under the scenario that was laid out before with Nick Khan. If Nick Khan, who owns the company, and he has to find someone to book the promotion because Nick Khan can't book a wrestling promotion, Bruce, you don't think Bruce Pritchard wants that? Would want that spot?
0: I'm I was thinking more along the lines of actually running the promotion, booking, eh, maybe, Bruce? but I I don't know that I don't know that Bruce would get that that spot ahead of Triple H in 2022. I don't think so. I think he's there to just back up Vince's opinion. Same thing with uh Johnny Ace. Johnny Ace would have a better a better better shot than Bruce, I think, at this point.
1: Well, so like can can I go backwards real quick? I want to ask Kyle, can you articulate at all what it is about the current in-ring product that kind of turns you off or doesn't quite grab you like it maybe used to?
2: Uh everything is very samey's no match particularly stands out all of the matches if you look not all but the vast majority of matches that get high marks are these freaking multi-person ladder matches that I, I honest to god if there was not another ladder match in pro wrestling for 5 years i would not cry like i am overdone. so single, like, I agree. like 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 i'm trying to think like what are the like or it's just the it's just Pattern matches like Edge and Seth Rollins and Hell in a Cell. I didn't. I said it on our uh, recap of Crown Jewel the, with, with me and Liam. I, I said it right there, I'm like, there's going to be people who think this is a match of the year contender, and they're lying to you. Yeah. I mean, it, it was. It was just like WWE has a four, They almost have a trademark for what makes a good match, and I just see through it, and it's uninteresting. It's almost pavlonian i mean what do you think the best matches are of the last couple years in wwe that are again excluding nxt nxt uk and i mean i mean
1: to your point it's when somebody does something different like when roman came back playing that heel character his first you know Two or three matches that he had, especially the pay-per-view ones, I thought were really good. But then it, t- kind of to but your point, were, became formulaic. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and to be now, uh, this will blow your mind. The, the span between four and a half star matches present to 2017 is longer than it's now longer than say the difference in like 87 to 91, where you would have like Savage and Steamboat, and then Savage and Warrior. That was a, a long gap. There was no four and a half star matches in between those two. The difference now, and to your point, uh, Justin, I think it's There are a ton more, obviously, of like three and a half star, four star matches. But I'm talking about that high end. Like, if you want to go back and compare to that mid 90s period, which again, financially was not successful, but give me these Brett and Sean matches any day of the week over anything that's happened in the last three years of WWE. Yeah. There's I mean, no I... ma- there is no match in the last three years in WWE that's as good as Shawn Michaels-McFoley-In-Your-House-Mind Games. None.
0: Hmm. Nothing
1: that seems memorable, that's for
0: Nothing sure. that really stands out. Yeah, I mean, that's I the problem. It's it's hard to even... For me, it's really hard to even remember the matches because They're... the story surrounding them is just not there to, make it, to really set it and... into your mind. Like, okay, what was going on TV at the time? And then you think of the match. Like, it's just not there. You have... Some good decent matches, but that's about it.
2: Yeah, and they're, again, they're good. There's nothing wrong with a three star match, but like they don't like to me a four and a half star match. That is a match of the year contender. That is at the end of the year when we do our year interview, I will bring that match up in the discussion for match of the year. There is, no, I'm warning, there. I'm not even thinking about a WWE match when we have that discussion. I think what what was the best WWE match this year? Was it Bianca and Sasha? <laughs>
0: That's the most memorable, honestly, for me and, and,
2: and it's kind of hurt, you know, i it's been a while since I watched it. i th- I don't think I watched it a second time. I went four stars on initial viewing.
0: I watched like, it the next morning a second time, okay. and it was, yeah, just as good to me,
2: yeah, but it's it's a great match. It's four stars, but like now if you watch it and you look at what's happened to Bianca, does that cheapen it a little bit?
0: Well, that's the thing is at the time it was so good, too, because it meant something, you really? know, it was, you know, a new star coming up. They put her over great. Sasha was awesome in, in her role in that. She got the total mega star treatment. But then as you said, since then she's been booked like absolute trash. And yeah. it's it's kind of ruined it in hindsight. But in that moment, and even for the next you know, couple of weeks maybe afterwards, it was awesome moments super memorable just because of what was going on at the time.
2: Memorable. That's a key word. Mm-hmm. So again, Dave Meltzer should do a victory lap from now until the end of time over the way he's influenced the modern in ring style. But the thing that I disagree most, the thing that that he ever said is that he was like, well, you know, the thing with wrestling now is people forget about all these great matches because there's so many great matches. I think that's absolute BS. People forget about them because they weren't that great in the first place. If you're forgetting about a four and a half star match, it wasn't a four and a half star match.
1: That's a great point.
0: I agree. Now, I'm a, yeah.
2: you guys know me. I'm a weirdo. I could list off probably every match I gave four and a half stars to from like 1990 to 2005. Now, we don't have enough time. I have no do, doubt. And, and that would yeah. be weird, okay? <laughs> it's not hard, like, to remember. So, like, it, it's, again, Dave, because he's influenced the style so much, of course, he's going to like everything a lot. But, yeah, I mean, if you're not remembering these things, nothing, again, I, I mentioned, I didn't have Shawn Michaels McFoley written down in the notes, it's just a match that comes to me from that time period. It's very easily remembered. And people are going to say, well, because it was so much better than the other stuff. Well, because there's a uniqueness. And that's something that's missing in WWE. And we'll get to that maybe at the end. Uniqueness. Matches don't stand out at all. So nothing can be truly great if nothing stands out. Can I yeah, can I Adam. shit on something else I
1: hate about the current product, too, regarding that's matches? A, that's what we came here for. Um, You know, when talking about like somebody taking over... Uh, for Vince and booking and whatnot, they've got to change some of their production. The, the camera cuts have just gotten... Oh, God. I, I, yeah. Once you start seeing them, you can't unsee it, and it'll completely take you out of a match.
2: Yes, yeah. and that hurts match quality for me, too. It, it took me a long time to realize that that's what it was, that it was all the camera cuts, that I just can't sit and fall. I'm like, God, what is going on here? I'm just, like, getting taken out of this match. That's yeah. a very good point. But... Going back to what we said earlier about change, they think their production's so cool. Mm-hmm. They like Kevin Dunn. I think thinks he's like so great. Kevin Dunn stinks.
0: Well, I'm sure they think it's innovative. This yeah, is they just, think this is where wrestling needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, Kyle? I was going to ask. Do you think the memorability of all those matches from the '90s and the '80s has to do with our age too? I mean, because everyone always loves the wrestling they grew up with the most. And at that point, we were teenagers or younger. Obviously, in our lives, there was less going on. So we really just really focused on pro wrestling. And now, you know, being adults have so many things we're juggling, whether it's work or our families. Do You think that plays a little bit that it we have a hard time remembering the shows? It, it I
1: think you're right. It can't be as important to us as it was then. Yeah, it's just not-
2: I, I think that's a very fair question. I think it's a very good question. That being said, the top five matches in AEW history are Cody versus Dustin, the Young Bucks <laughs> against Omega Page, uh, Young Bucks against Lucha Bros, uh, Omega versus Danielson, and Danielson versus Page. So it's not hard to remember good matches, even though I'm old now.
0: This is a good question. Do, do my students talk about WWE? Almost never almost never i mean i can count on one hand the amount of times i've heard kids talking about pro wrestling in the last five years and in fact just today there was a kid um put con kind of like a sleeper hold on a kid between classes i was like take him out of the sleeper hold and then i even i threw out the million dollar dream they looked at me like what the hell are you talking about <laughs>
2: they're like get this guy out of here man this guy's freaking giving us homework he's talking about the million dollar dreams
0: guys no i mean it is it is a loss it's one of these things i've talked about before i do think today they're they're not attracting those young fans that are going to remember it in the same way we did in the 80s and 90s it's like a skip generation never lived through a boom period if you're under 25 really or really have any memory of that and i mean the audience is a lot older especially wwe their audience is very old you know i'm almost 40 years old and (laughs) I think I'm I'm younger than their average, their median viewer. Yeah, the median name, viewers. Uh, okay, so.
2: to test your theory, name any year of the 2000s, and I think I could tell you like the best WWE matches from that year.
1: Hmm. 2007.
2: 2007. You've got Cena and Michaels in the match in England on Raw. You've got the four-way from Backlash with Edge and Orton and Cena and Michaels. It was after the the UK match. You got Cena and Umaga at the Royal Rumble. That would be my pick for number one. It, it checks out. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, what other ones there were. That was a good choice, too, because, like, 2007 is, like, Sort of a bit of a, uh, I'm trying to think one of the other like great matches in 2007 is somebody like probably yelling at their podcast right now. I'm like trying to go through
1: real quick. Did, yeah, you I mean, care, that, did you care about Randy Orton versus Triple H, Last Man Standing, No Mercy?
2: That was okay. That was kind of an interesting pay-per-view. That was the one right after Cena got hurt. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned, I can tell you exactly what, Cena got hurt and they had to like determine a new champion. That actually drew a bit of a, uh a, a number on pay-per-view. I liked Randy Orton and Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series, where Shawn couldn't use sweet chin music.
1: So I completely maybe, forgot about maybe, the match, but now I remember. Just, yeah, maybe it's I, just me and Ryan who who are no, stuck I mean, to our nostalgia picks.
2: No, I mean <laughs> it, it, you're right. There because there was less to watch, we had less to do. And I have seen, for instance, like I, I've watched like WrestleMania three, for instance, probably like a hundred times. But I I do think there's something to the fact that like if you were like dude if like I came out to Iowa and you're like dude let's watch some wrestling and Ryan you're like all right dude I'm gonna throw on this 2019 episode of Raw I'd look at you and I'd say what the (laughs) fuck is your problem pal (laughs) who the hell wants to watch this
0: like Um, Brian I wanted to get to Brian's comment real quick so this. He talked about going last night to Winter's Coming. He says, a father brought his eight-year-old daughter to the AEW show, and she was screaming her lungs out for CM Punk. Beautiful thing to see. Uh, AEW definitely has a younger, skewing crowd. Um, not as many, I would say still not as many kids. It's more of an adult-oriented crowd. And Justin and I actually talked about this at uh, Full Gear in person. Aaron was there, too. Uh, and I'm not saying there's not kids there, because my kids, who are younger than that, actually... When I have wrestling on, AEW is the one that they want to watch with me. But, you know, there's more swearing. It's it's a little bit edgier product. I said to Justin, like, I probably wouldn't take my six-year-old to an AEW show. <laughs> Just even, like, the chance from the crowd. But we noticed in the crowd at AEW, you know, like, the young people were, like, in their 30s. Like, we didn't see a lot of college age kids, for example, at AEW, it's still like that skip generation to me. Like you don't see a whole like they're there, but not a whole lot of teenagers. A whole not even really a whole lot of twenty year olds. It's it's like the young people there are in their thirties around our age, like on average, you know, it's just it's it's I don't know. It's a skip generation with wrestling fans. That's what I always say.
2: Yeah. Well well let's talk about AEW and let's go to the factors. So if you look at these last three years well, what's the most significant thing probably to happen to wrestling? The birth of AEW. Mm-hmm. Competition is back, baby. And, you know, the first Double or Nothing was May of 19, and then they got TV in the fall. And to many wrestling fans, myself included, AEW is superior to the WWE product. And when you have a superior alternative, all of a sudden the warts of the other thing, in this case WWE, get a lot uglier, right? Right. You know, it was before AEW, like when this podcast started, we were probably a little more willing to look past creative mm-hmm. transgressions, right? Because yeah, we, wanted watch, we wanted to watch modern wrestling. So it's like, all right, well, this kind of sucks, whatever. But all of a sudden when you have – and there's so much wrestling on TV now. And when you see something that you like better, all of a sudden you're like, well, F this. I don't want to watch this, like, crummy product. There's, like, good wrestling I can watch every week.
1: Do you guys feel similar in that regard? Absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right right on the nail on that one.
0: Okay. Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, it is one thing, though,
2: for AEW to be better. Again, that's a subjective opinion that I think all three of us share. But WWE at the same time, it, it's not like, ooh, AEW is better two out of the last three weeks. They're really, you know, man, WWE's giving it their all, but they just they just can't get over the hump with me compared to AEW. Like, no, like I look at some somebody, of bad like it's not even close for me no. when I watch the two programs like AEW. OK, not always. It's not a perfect promotion. Maybe sometime we can look at them and what they need to do in going into 2022. But it is f- a far superior watch. For WWE, that, that that WWE, I don't think it's necessarily fair to just pin this all on AEW. Say, so, well, AEW came, and now WWE sucks because AEW. Like WWE is independently bad from a in my
1: opinion. Mm-hmm. Agree.
2: Huh? Okay. okay. So, all right, that's the past. People came here for the future, right? As we head into 2022, I think. One of the most striking things about WWE is the complete lack of fresh matchups we've got on the horizon. I mean, it's frightening. Uh, We all assume it's going to be Brock and Roman at Mania 38, uh, which is not fresh by any means. They have previously headlined two WrestleManias. One of them would have been seven years previous. Mm -hmm. Seven. Uh, (laughs) What about the other title match though? What do you even want to see? What about the Royal Rumble for God's sakes? In a a month's time. Like, you know, it used to be a... Like, we could sit here any coming year and be like, okay, this is the dream first-time match I want to see. 2005, let's throw out another random 2000s year, for example. There were murmurs of they might consider doing Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania, which they did do. I mean, to even compare anything that they've got on the docket to that, would be truly offensive in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, what is like the big marquee matchup that you personally like would want to see in WWE in
1: 2022?
0: Um, Riddle versus Goldberg, Justin, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's not, I mean, yeah, the biggest match they can do right now. It all involves older people like Roman and Rock is probably the biggest match they can do and below that it's Roman and Brock which they've already done multiple times like you said and then outside of that it gets really murky like I've seen people talking about with with KL re-signing everything like Owens and Edge might have a feud that'd be pretty interesting but it's not like I'm not like super into it I, I wouldn't mind watching that but I mean yeah. like I mean what what is out there you know we all wanted Big e. To get the run as world champion, we've got that. That's a good thing. I mean, we didn't even mention that as one of the highlights. That's a, that's a highlight to me. Is, is Biggie winning the title over the last three years? Oh, oh, look, it's happening it's recently, his run has kind of smelled though. You were, right, but the moment was cool. Um, but like, yeah, there's not there's not an opponent for him that I'm like dying to see at WrestleMania. And yeah, when you when you get. Usually, when you have great WrestleManias, at this point, you can start to kind of piece it together. I mean, you can go back into our archives and listen to us talk about, even in years that weren't great, we were talking about matches that were probably going to happen, and did happen months in advance, and I don't really have that feeling right now on anything other than Brock and Roman for a third time. To this
2: point, and again, out of this three-year period, 2018, the WrestleMania where we all went to in New Orleans, we were... Head over heels, looking forward to that thing. There were mm-hmm. people going in saying, This could be one of the great WrestleManias of all time. We were breaking down this card, we're like, oh my God, this is going to be great. All these things. I like- wrote a
0: yeah. column on it. <laughs> yeah. About like and the strongest, possibly the strongest card in WrestleMania yeah. history.
2: I mean, you look at some of these cards for the last couple of years. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's funny, Ryan, you mentioned a lot of these big matches involve older talent. Well, one of the big stories of 2021 no doubt. The complete dismantling of takeover era NXT. 2014 to I guess the present uh or you know a couple months ago. Virtually in a, you talk about a, a generation being passed or skipped uh with fans, Ryan. How about an entire generation of potential WWE superstars being wiped from the promotion? Yeah. I mean, when, when you sit and you watch WTV and you're like, my God, I feel like they've done this match like 82 times, or my God, this guy has been on TV for 10 years. What the hell? Well, I'll tell you why you're saying that, is because the pipeline that they were supposed to have <laughs> was not only stopped, but was shoved. They, they, everyone was sent back or, or sent out of the promotion. I mean... Just look at the champions of NXT in the TakeOver era. Okay, is the champion now. He's not making the main roster ever, right? That's pretty much understood. He's going to be a trainer when he's done.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Samoa Joe was the champion before him, right? Uh, have, have we ever gotten an explanation why he just randomly relinquished the title, by the way? Is that coming?
1: Boy, I don't know. Yeah, I'd completely mm. forgotten about that.
2: Did, did Vince hold him at gunpoint and just make him do it? And we're just going to all forget about it.
0: <laughs> um, That's what he well, hopes.
2: Well, let's play a game though. Okay. Before Samoa Joe, the NXT champion was Karian Cross. Where can he be found? No. Gone. Uh, before Karian Cross was Finn Balor. How's he
1: doing? Falling off of turnbuckles.
2: <laughs> it was Cross because Balor won it, like Cross had to vacate it, right? He got hurt. I'm almost positive that happened.
1: That sounds mm-hmm. right. Yeah, okay. yeah, uh, that's right. uh,
2: Keith Lee was the champion before Kerry Cross. Where can I find him on WWE programming?
1: <laughs> Gone.
2: Adam Cole. Where can I find him on television?
0: AEW, baby. Far superior product.
2: Johnny Gargano.
0: <laughs> Potentially Johnny Gar- part of that far superior product soon. We'll see. We'll not, maybe not particularly soon. After his child is born.
2: Yeah. Um. <laughs> It gets fun more fun too when you you think back. Uh, Malachi, don't call me Alistair Black. Where can he be
0: found <laughs> on
2: TV these days? Yeah. Andrade, don't call me C N Almas. Where can he be found these days?
0: I mean, so you know, some of these guys aren't particularly young though either. We should also mention like that's the problem too. Even with that pipeline and bringing up these people, they were established indie stars who went to developmental and then they brought them up but like you know we're just getting you know we could do a whole show on nxt 2.0 and it's function now it's it is more what nxt should have been developing young talent but instead it was the super indie promotion and now aew has completely replaced the need for nxt in that regard and they're (laughs) left with a you know a kitchen without anything in the cupboards
2: yeah and that's what you're right i think if aew really did want to harm one aspect of WWE, it was NXT, because I think Hunter, he was sitting there, and he's like, okay, well, they're not going to give me SmackDown, which is, again, I've said told the story many times before in this program. When the brand split was reinstituted, it was Hunter's idea, and he was wanted to get SmackDown. Vince liked the brand split idea. He did not like Hunter getting SmackDown. So Hunter, I think, was like, okay, well, I'm not getting that, so I'm just going to make NXT this cool alternative to the main roster that that the, the fans who don't like, or they like Raw and SmackDown, they'll like me. And then AW came along, and they're like, well, you know, is still WWE pr- production. And we like the not-WWE production better, because we don't really like WWE. So, th- <laughs> he was really hard, but to your earlier point, yeah, you're right, it wasn't true. It had, it had not become developed. It had long ceased to be developmental, NXT, under Hunter's Watch, the NXT 1.0. But still, those guys should not have been in NXT very long, and should like be populating the main roster right now, having... Good matches, mm-hmm. more intriguing stuff. Like when you look at just the barren wasteland of, of those Raw and SmackDown rosters, the lack of fresh matchups. Well, it's because the the guys they groom to be on the roster aren't there. Yeah. They're on the they're on the other freaking show for the other team. So, um, and this puts a lot of pressure, by the way, on uh, and the NXT 2.0 guys. Because I mean, some of these guys that we're going to go back to just how old some of these people on the main roster are. I mean, they can't wrestle forever. And so they, I mean, the hit rate for NXT 210 has got to be high. I mean, if those guys aren't good, they're in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, is Edge going to wrestle till he's 60? Maybe. 55? I, I mean, I, I yeah, I, you know, it's like, I mean, they've got to, they, you know, really, I mean, there's a lot of pressure to have those guys come in because they, they wiped out a whole generation. Um, and those who did make it through initially, because it wasn't all first this way. But they, you know, some of the early champions of NXT had some success. Owens, who just resigned, uh, Sami Zayn. These guys are not the answer for turnaround the future, though. Jake Roberts rule everybody. I mean, I think one of the reasons we we're also shocked about Kevin Owens resigning is what is there left for him to do? Yep. What's there left for Sami Zayn to do? Uh, A.J. Styles is coming up on a six-year anniversary. Did not go to NXT at all. Jake Roberts' rule institutes him. Finn Balor will hit six years next year. For those unfamiliar, the Jake Roberts' rule is very simple. Jake Roberts had a better WWE career than 95% of people who have ever been in that promotion. He was there for six years. It's very hard to be relevant, fresh, good for more than six years. So, just if you're wondering.
1: You know, talking about some of these guys, you know, Owens got an immediate push, but for the most part, even when you talk about guys like, I mean, Nakamura, as somebody in the chat just mentioned, um, but even like Braun Strowman, it's like they refuse to strike while the iron's hot with a lot of guys. It's like Bobby Lashley took two years before they decided to make him into a monster. And even like Drew McIntyre, they stuck him into some random tag team with Dolph Ziggler, who is probably on his third uh, term of, Jake Roberts, at this point, <laughs> uh, he, Dolph. He's the, Dolph-
0: he the FDR of WWE. Yeah. So Dolph. Z-
2: <laughs> so Dolph Ziggler became Dolph Ziggler. Two thousand nine, I want to say. Like I, I, th- yeah. I remember him being in a rumble and being treated like a total chopper, which I love that too. You know, like, you go back and watch this guy. Oh, my God. I, and, you know, to be fair, Shawn Michaels was treated like a jobber once in a while. He he worked out okay. But 2009 was a long time ago. Okay, that was that was a, a, a few beers and a few podcasts ago. And, and and to be honest, if you want to be real nitpicky, Spirit Squad was 2006. So Dolph Ziggler has been on W television for 15 years.
0: Jesus. <laughs> coming up on 16 years that's insane that'd be like if hogan came in in 84 and was still there in 2000 without a break
2: well and also keep in <laughs> mind he, had,
0: he went off a of tv for a yeah, little bit but well, i mean hulk, for the most part
2: well and, and a big difference is hulk hogan actually drew money yeah <laughs> oh, <Kevin. laughs> i'm just thinking so, know, a
0: timeline of like a guy being around yeah, I'm, like, yeah, comparing yeah. him to hulk hogan so, but yeah and,
2: and, okay so look, going beyond nxt let's take a look at those that are there on the main roster right now, even in headlining positions, people that are viewed as the stars Reigns, Big E, Rollins they've all been there since late 2012. When did Big E debut? I, I, I couldn't remember.
1: Hmm, it was before, right around that time, it was before thirty. WrestleMania 31 came in oh, as part with Dolph Ziggler and uh, wait. Excuse me 29 29. Yes.
2: Okay okay that no, awesome was gonna, okay. when you said 31 I was like that's not that, that Yeah
1: with, with Dolphin AJ Lee. Yeah,
2: yeah so and, and he, yeah he was there for the cash and I remember. But he had to have been there for a little so if if he had to come in like let's just say early 2013 the shield we know debuted in 2000 Survivor Series 2012. That was 9 years ago. That we've been seeing. And, and Roman Reigns I know everyone wants to you know oh my god this This heel character, my God, they've got it so right. It's so perfect for him. Well, it would be more palatable and less boring if they didn't try force-feeding him as a main event babyface for like five to six years previous to it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like, yes, okay, he's good now in his role, but he's been a main event guy for over six years.
1: Well, and he's he's recently been beating anybody who you could think might be a challenger for like Big E or anybody. Nobody to
0: beat him. Yeah,
2: I saw that comment. By the way, Uh, Philip, thank you for that. Oh wow, we're getting all the information. I like this, Phil. Thank you for doing this. So December 17th, Top Rope Nation
0: researcher here.
2: Ah, December 17th. There we go. My God, (laughs) what a famous day! Just like you know, six years before the McMahon's cut that promo, Big E debuted. Um, And here's – and, you know, with Bruce and uh, Johnny Ace who were brought up earlier, since they've come back and they very much – and you talk about making a power play. This is why I think Bruce would make a power play. It's no coincidence who they've wiped out out on the roster. Because those NXT guys, who are they going to be loyal to? Who were they going to be loyal to? Hunter. Mm -hmm. Because Hunter brought through. They were going to be more loyal. And Hunter, I think – this is me speculating. I don't know this but I think I have a good intuition. I think Hunter, his whole goal with XC was, he was going to have a whole generation of guys that were more loyal to him than this. They were his guys. And who got wiped out with all these cuts? It's almost all Hunter people. And Johnny Ace and Bruce, since they've come back, who have they leaned on heavy? People from the 2000 to 2010 decade. Yeah. And... The, the the crazy thing is, it's not that they've just been there for so long. How many of these guys have peaked already, like a while ago? Like how That's many- what we
0: talked about with Owens, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Like, but it's way more than Kevin Owens. Like Kevin yeah. Owens, like, Kevin Owens a- can still he can still turn in a, a decent performance.
0: You know, well, we no no doubt about him. it. But his character peaked years ago, yeah. like fifteen, sixteen, and you know, since then he has been treated like a upper mid card guy.
2: Yeah, as both as a baby face and a heel. And that's true. I mean, look at some of these guys. Edge, I know he was gone for a long time, but that's also forgetting about the fact that he was a television regular from 1998 to 2011. And it's not like the WWE is demonstrably different from when he left 10 years ago to today. Yeah. And, and, And Bobby Lashley, okay, they got him right, you know, last year or this year, but... He's, you know, he's been on TV. He was on TV in 2007. Rey Mysterio is still on TV. Randy Orton is still on TV. Jeff Hardy recently released. How long does he go back? The Miz was on WWE TV, I believe, in 2006. Yeah. So, like, I think their thought process, well, we're going to attract people back that were watching in that time period. But the thing is, like, are those people really going be, like, to be like, oh, my God, all these same people are still on TV?
0: Like that's this would the way be like, most people
2: uh, think about it.
0: Yeah. It's like WCW attracting back the old fans with much bigger stars, but they were switching companies. So it was like fresh. Yes. It's like you're going to attract back people from watching the same people from 15 years ago when they've been there the whole time. So it's like, Oh, they're still there. Sheamus. <laughs> you know, like nothing's changed. Is
2: another guy. I mean, God yeah. bless him. Okay. A good hand, a good worker. But I mean, Cesaro, we all love him. How long's he been in this company for? I mean, it's just it just feels like it's the same people. And it, it it's I hated that soap opera comparison in like these stupid magazines in 98, 99, where it's like it's a male soap opera. I was like, but it feels that way where cause like these soap operas, you know, it's always like, isn't it like the same characters are like on it for like ever? Mm-hmm. Like like actual yeah. day, these daytime soaps, I feel that's what WWE is. It's just like you could put it on. You could put it on at any point. in The last fifteen years, it feels like it's the same damn show, and you haven't missed anything. You know, I, I told the story one time. A buddy of mine long since stopped watching wrestling, but I was telling him about SummerSlam. This was last year. He's like, "Who's in the main event?" And I mentioned Randy Orton. He threw his hat in the fire almost. He's like, Randy Orton, are you kidding me?
0: <laughs>
2: and, and for a lot of people, like, that era was when they stopped watching. Yeah. It's not like you're bringing back Steve Austin and The Rock. So mm-hmm. I, this roster's getting older, which makes – Edge and Miz. Okay, I guess they haven't watched, but, like, Edge and Miz in 2022? That's a match that feels like something that should have happened in 10 years
1: ago that that reeks of desperation <laughs> and, and especially
2: and that don't even get me started on this bring your wife to work day element that i'm sure they're gonna go with that that is gonna be not inspiring at all um <laughs> the only fresh talent i could come up with on raw and smackdown these days damian priest have they have you guys watched the last couple of weeks they, they don't still have him doing that silly cartoon face, do they no when idea. he gets mad that Not was sure. real bad. I saw this. the <laughs> one Because remember, we all thought they were going to turn a heel on Survivor Series. Like, I watched, and they had yeah. him, like, do this, like, I'm so mad. It was, like, really awful and
1: should never be spoken again by anyone. No, I, went, uh, I wonder who he got those stage directions from.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you can just tell. And you could tell he was so uncomfortable. It, it, at least it wasn't like when they had Mia Yim pretend she was having convulsions that one time. That was mm. a really low point. Uh, Riddle, who, as Jim Cornette points out, had birds flat of his ass this year.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that's so, true. I cannot but, believe they're still true. doing that.
2: Yeah, but like oh. the thing is, like Riddle, the way he's portrayed, it, it's going to be a certain level, right? Like he's basically there to make Randy Orton look cool in 2022. Like we're we're is, using is, the so,
0: This was in the chat earlier. Randy Orton, Matt Riddle for the title at WrestleMania.
2: They're going to go for a breakup, I guess. But that's an interesting feud because I don't think anyone's going to cheer that. They're gonna, who are they going to cheer? The WWE. They're going to cheer Randy Orton. Yeah, Um, Austin Theory. Oh, how about these segments? You know, remember when the corporate rock first started and they had him standing behind Vince McMahon getting slapped and doing jumping jacks and (laughs) receiving pencils?
0: No, I don't remember
2: that. Yeah, because that would have been stupid. That's why you don't remember it. But yeah, Austin Theory. I love how people think this guy's going to be... Our good buddy Liam O'Rourke always talks about the journey. How it's just as important as the destination. And... Like Austin Theory, at some point, I'm sure we'll do something of substance, of note. And will then it will be hammered over our head. This guy's a big guy now. He's a major player because we say so. But the journey is so poor. Like, who could get fired up to see that big moment when this guy's, you know, doing the freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger presidential test behind Vince McMahon? I mean, this stinks. It getting slapped. You, you want to make a star. What if you would have just no-sold the slap and just hit Vince? <laughs> you <laughs> You're you
0: laugh. You for yourself. No, buddy. I know.
2: I'm, yeah. no, I'm not talking about, like, legitimately. I'm talking about what if they scripted that. That was a star. Yeah. I, I mean, is that not the way to go? They did it with Owens a little bit. Owens, you know, has mm-hmm. cachet, obviously. Um, I know Street Profits, they're younger, but I... Fitz McMahon doesn't really value tag teams, so I didn't include them. And it's just not it's not just the men either, guys. Six year rule again. This WrestleMania will be a six year anniversary of Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha's three way uh match at WrestleMania 32. How many new female stars have been created since then?
1: Beyond I mean, is as close as they got. They, 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 once again, going back to my earlier point about striking when the iron's hot, they had a moment with Ray Ripley. I think they could have done something, yeah. but they they didn't.
0: <laughs> Alexa yeah. Bliss came later in 16, so it was after that. So you could count her. Rhea was a major strikeout, just a major strikeout. Asuka's DOA. As is... Yep.
2: Whew. Wait, wait. I wonder if Frank's listening. What about fucking Dewdrop? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's for you frank yeah yeah it's uh dire that's dire I mean, that I, mean,
2: I mean bailey obviously is a big, but like it just doesn't feel like i mean again i mean we're like alexa i mean is she, she's not getting back to where she once was i don't think so
0: she's a star though she's definitely a star i yeah, mean like she it, sells a lot of merch do you want to see popular. her
2: ever again after that hideous
0: Character? Well, that wasn't the question that wasn't the question you asked about who who are the stars that create? she's definitely a created star no doubt about it
2: okay going into 2022 though is alexa bliss yeah. like who you're going to build the women's division around is she like the future star that's the thing it's, it's not like a the... future star
0: but i'm just yeah. saying she's she's a star that was created post that wrestlemania triple threat which was in early 16 because she came up in the fall of 16 yeah,
2: i think the the draft as a matter of
0: fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But
2: yeah, I mean, they, they've given some women real you know, runs. Without, I just think like when you look to the future and like who's going to carry the ball beyond, I mean, I guess they could just stick with these three or whatever, but hmm, I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't. And when you've got two champions, we've talked about this in the Facebook.com group, right? Um, That when you have two women's champions, it's tough to have two contenders. Viable contenders. I mean, Liv Morgan and Tony Storm, ain't it? Sorry, folks.
1: Let let alone uh, tag team challengers for the women's tag title. <laughs> oh my
2: God! What? A, remember when people honestly thought that was like with W, and that's funny where this conversation's moving in a little bit. But people like thought like, what do you think the WWE needs to do to get better? And people are like, oh, they need to have women's tag team champions. Are you freaking <laughs> ribbing me? The women's <laughs> tag team titles might be lower right now than they were during Jumping Bob Angels v Glamour Girls. As a matter of fact, I'll <laughs> submit that they are worse. I don't think that I haven't. I haven't seen a women's tag team title match that good.
0: You, are, so you mentioned that WWE doesn't value tag teams, and you talk, you mentioned the street profits. But don't you think Montez Ford is a guy that has a huge? He has huge potential. Like the ceiling's very high on him. I mean, some of their big stars have come from tag teams. So it's, it's a possibility. I do think that he's a guy who has tons of charisma. He's great in the ring. Now their social media team needs to realize that his frog splash is far superior to Dominic Mysterio. But I, he's a guy that has – he's got potential if they do it right.
2: Remember when we did a podcast on this show once and we talked about oh Ricochet and Matt Riddle, who's going to be the bigger star?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was We went back and forth on that. You said Matt Riddle. I said Ricochet well- – no, yeah, Great but
2: I, I, I'm, not, I'm not making this about between you and I. I'm no, saying that I know we you, talked. About I'm this, saying that yeah. neither neither of them are really a big star right now. After all no. that, like we're we're like, which ones it could be? Who's gonna be the guy? And the answer was uh, C. Neither A or B.
0: Here's the thing, though. If you compare Montez Ford to those two, so Ford in the ring is incredible, high flyer. He has more personality, more charisma to me than either of those guys. Like it's to me, it's not close. I know we talked about Riddle as a guy you could potentially build a brand around. <laughs> he does come kind of, kind of come across as a nerd, though. You gotta admit. And it. it's not even just the Ooh. WWE booking. Matt Riddle. Oh, yeah. I mean, he well, kind I of comes across quiet. as just a stoner geek sometimes. <laughs> it's yeah. not it's not I, just, I just the booking like that, he just personally does. And I think Montez Ford just seems cooler. I well, think I, th- I think all like total package, charisma, the way he carries himself. How he is in the ring. I think if I compared Ford to those two, I would bet on Ford. Personally. I
1: like I like Ford a lot. A, a lot of his shtick seems like uh, the Rock cosplay. Like he's just miming his stuff. People
0: say that about Ricochet too, because he idolizes him. But yeah, yeah.
2: I I the, the problem is with anybody too, and this is like an underlying thing we have your mention. We're like, oh well, who's gonna be the next guy? For there to be a next guy, the system needs to be better. Like the, the thing with WWE, it's not just like, oh, they booked this match wrong, or oh, they went with the wrong person, this position. I'm like beyond that. The system is broken mm-hmm. with the WWE. Like, I just like their star-making devices aren't that good. Like, you're right, Montez Ford has qualities that theoretically, it's like, okay, yeah, I could see this guy moving up. If I believed in the WWE, I would say, yeah, okay. Oh, but I, I just don't I don't believe that even people who I'm like, oh, this person's got to be a shoo to be a big name this year. I just don't think they're going to do it right. And that's like actually, to be honest, like maybe like the main point of anything. I just don't believe in the WWE way of doing things right now.
1: They, Which, they, go go ahead. They can't even use, you know, it used to be that you use the titles to help build guys. You know, maybe they start in the tag and then they go to the, the, mid-card title, the intercontinental US, whatever, then they go to the next big one. But um, I just happened to peek at this today in the past five years or excuse me, past three years since the night before, you know, the infamous raw we're talking about, there has been 15 SmackDown tag title changes, 14 raw tag title changes, 14 intercontinental title title changes. Fifteen, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> Fifteen U.S. title changes. I mean, that's titles are just being handed back and forth. They don't yeah. mean anything. Yeah, There's I mean Shinsuke.
2: What, what has Shinsuke Nakamura gotten out of this intercontinental title run? Do Bugs. people remember he's the intercontinental? Oh, don't start with fucking Rick Booze. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so,
2: all right, that, that, that brings me to our next point. So, go moving into 2022. What changes do you want to see made in the WWE? My my number one. Without a shadow of a doubt, is ending this brand split because it, I, yeah. the brand I didn't like the brand split the first time they did it, and I definitely don't like it now.
1: And, and and you appease your two networks if you get rid of it because then you can have your stars showing up on both shows. It just doesn't make any sense at this point.
0: The networks have got to hate yeah. it, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And, and what's so dumb about the brand split, there's many things that are dumb about it, but it's like Roman Reigns is clearly positioned as the superior champion right i mean, mm-hmm. I, mean I, I mean he's beaten the raw champion the last two years but even like if they didn't do that stupid gimmick at survivor series like roman reigns is clearly positioned as the top guy in the promotion it only cheapens that to have a second world champion you only really want to do this like it it did make a little sense coming you know in the early 2000s when they're you know austin and rock left and it's like okay well now what <laughs> you know, and it, and it wound up kind of work, not kind of, it did. You got one Batista and Cena both came up. But then at one point, and there's podcasts out there, somebody maybe have the tape still, where, you know, I was like, well, you got to end this because John Cena is clearly positioned as the guy. So why do you have a second champion if you just want to build a promotion around John Cena? And that's like the easy stuff in the brand split. But you can see, like, it's not even like, okay, why are there two women's champions, two tag team champions, like you said. Um, Other things that you would like, like, what would you like to see changed in WWE in 2022?
1: I mean, like like I said earlier, it's the camera cuts. I need the 50-50 booking to go away. Like, let's stop trying to put your marquee matches on every single show. You, like, how about some more jobber matches? Build people up. So that you can use them at another time, but obviously it's it's long term storytelling, which they just don't do anymore. And it's a Vince McMahon problem, as we've already said. Like I mean, we're just screaming into the wind here until he's gone.
0: And I think it is till he's gone. I don't think Vince McMahon will ever step down. And talk talk about the sale, and if they were to sell to Disney, like they would keep McMahon running the show, even if they sold the company. Because to outsiders, Vince McMahon is the guy, you know, he's mm-hmm. the one that has the reputation for people that don't follow the industry closely. They're not going to know that he's been out of touch for years and they're going to they're going to spend the big bucks to buy the company and they're going to they want Vince in charge. So I don't think we you know, what, what we talked about earlier, if Vince stepped down and Nick Khan took over and stuff. It's just not realistic. He's not going to step down now. No. If something—God forbid—I want to think, want anything to happen to Vince McMahon, tragic or anything like that. But if for some <laughs> reason Vince McMahon was gone, I'm not. I'm Paul, not I can't feel my legs. Paul, I, mean,
2: I can't like, feel my legs.
0: If Nick Khan took over, you know, like yeah, because he's a he's a business whiz kid. That this is where I took issue with the idea of Bruce Prichard being top Booker because I'm not sure Nick Khan would make that call. I think he's smarter than that. But yeah, I, I Vince. Vince is not. He's not going to step down. It's not going to happen. Are the WWE
2: star making devices broken? Like the Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank. You have two ever two winners. Every Royal year. Rumble
0: and still carries cachet. I think. I think Money in the Bank. Nobody really cares. I don't think it makes. I won't say nobody cares, but I don't think it's a star making deal at all. Rumble, I would agree yeah, with because,
2: that. Yeah, Rumble because of its history. But man, like, look at like. I mean, Edge last year. Um, you know, how his WrestleMania title shot turned out. I mean, I, I, again, that's kind of the exception, the rule. And I think the Rumble's still there, but you know, the, the journeys, they don't set them up. Um, things that I want to see changed with the WWE is again, getting rid of these themed pay per views. You know, oh, it's October. Yeah. We have to do Hell in a Cell. that, 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 that but those are mm-hmm. small things. I think, um, it, you know, obviously, but some of this stuff just isn't going to be done. I want to see the wrestlers have more autonomy. Mm-hmm. I, I've said it before. When I watch Raw on SmackDown, I'm not going to mince words. It feels like a poorly acted high school play where the actors are performing at gunpoint. You can tell when they don't want to say the shit that they're, they're saying. And, and it, like, even like, I watched this, um, the Creed Brothers. You know, Down in NXT 2.0. They, they put this uh video on Twitter. I was I was looking at it before we, we did the show. And it's impressive. They were doing this workout. I mean, my god, I mean, I'd freaking be dead after two seconds of what they were doing. But one of the things I don't like about WWE it always feels like the performers are like trying to impress the McMahons. Going back to the original start of this podcast. Where they're not just trying to be themselves and be big stars. It's like I'm going to impress, you know, the, you know, the people in charge by doing this. I hate that. And then that's the thing. Like the McMahons are the biggest star going back to the, again, that promo, the McMahons are the biggest stars. And I think it's a problem with this promotion.
0: They've been, I mean, the crowd has been conditioned to think that way. And they gave them that response in that promo. We heard it. You heard the cheers, Kyle.
2: You heard the cheers. There was something yeah. else I was thinking about. Damn it. And I, when I don't, this is why I write things down. Cause then like I was walking. I was the like
0: Metallica analogy. I'm, I'm going to come back to
2: that. No, I'm going to come back to that. There's, there was one other thing that I was like, I was thinking about WWE that I just really, really wanted to see changed and God bless it. I'm going to, I can't, I didn't write it down.
0: The sets. And,
2: oh, I, can't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a damn about the sets. <laughs> Oh, it's just, you know, this is what it is. Because just I got it. it, came back to me. Justin was talking about long-term booking. And it's not just long-term booking. It's just being committed to your booking, yeah. okay? Let, let me give you two very recent examples of things. And, and these are things that once upon a time would drive reviewers absolutely insane. But because we've been so conditioned to shitty booking like this, nobody even cares anymore. This day one title match they got on the Raw side, okay, this four-way they built to. The build for this is illogical and heinous. So you had Seth Rollins win this four-way that felt that, you know, might as well have been like the freaking bronze medal game at Olympic hockey. It was him coming off a loss at the pay-per-view, uh... <laughs>
1: Norway was yeah, yeah, in Nor- there.
2: Norway was in there. No, uh, somebody else was coming off the loss, the pay-per-view. Finn Balor uh, was in it. Uh, Owens and Ray had been persona non grata for a while. And they're like, yeah, we deserve a title. Why? It's two guys that have been doing nothing. Two guys that just lost last night. Rollins wins that. So he's the number one contender. Okay. Well, then Kevin Owens, who lost that match, found a way to get into it. Okay, that's kind of dumb. That defeats the per- the stakes of the match that you established, why did I care so much about that number one contenders match if a guy's going to sneak his way in? And then Bobby Lashley, go back and check the tape on this, our Crown Jewel review, I said, what do they do with Bobby Lashley? The guy was indestructible, and then they beat him five straight matches. Well, the answer was they're going to just bring him back randomly, kill the Mysterios, and then beat all three guys in the match, and he's in two. That is hideous (laughs) booking. If you like that booking, I'm sorry. You're just wrong, damn it. And
0: we haven't, like, we haven't even mentioned like the babyface heel dynamic and how the babyfaces always get killed.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Biggie, your new babyface <laughs> champion just got smashed clean. Yeah. And I'm sure he's gonna win, but it's like he's well, he's gonna pin somebody, and he's but he's not gonna be demonstrably better than the other three. And then like there was this SmackDown tag match last week where it was for to see who the best team was in WWE. First of all, they just bring a team over from Raw. RK bro. Okay, I guess the, the brand split is a rather, rather soft brand split this time. But correct me if I'm wrong. Did we not just do Survivor Series to establish that?
0: <laughs>
2: and, and they this want you is to forget tr- that already. Th- this is truly unbelievable. So they had the two tag team champions competing to see who the best team was and a team that wasn't the champions, New Day. And New Day beat both champions in that match. So completely undoing what RK bro had done at survivors. I mean, just like that kind of stuff that is so easy to pick apart needs to stop. It's just yeah. so bad. And like, again, I think it goes to Vince cause Vince doesn't give a shit about that. So, um, I'm going to close with a couple counterpoints. Okay. We've been making fun of WWE now for an hour and 33 minutes. Okay. According <laughs> to the clock, maybe a little shorter again. I, we don't ever stop watches out Dave Meltzer. Uh, but, um, did you guys hear that today? He was like, it was a hilarious exchange with mm-hmm. Alvarez. He was making fun of the six. He's like, well, no one's got their stopwatch out to see if it was actually a 60 minute match. Who would have a stopwatch out? And Alvarez is like, you do for the every Royal Rumble. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It
2: was because, like, Dave, that's like always a thing with Dave. It's like, it comes in at 158. Anyway, yep. we love you, Dave. And um, so we've been making fun of WWE for an hour and a half, right? I'm going to offer some counterpoints <laughs> to what we did the last 90 minutes. Oh, no. Is going to a WWE show in 2021 essentially the equivalent of going to a Metallica concert in 2021? I'm just picking Metallica out randomly. You could insert random groups. Bruce Springsteen, for example, you could probably put in this. Poison? I think you're kind of stretching a little bit. I'm curious where you're going with this Uh, now. Okay, you're kind of stretching a little bit. Poison? (laughs) Maybe. I'll give you Poison. If you want it to be Poison, it can be Poison, Justin, okay? Explain. Okay. When you go to a Bruce Springsteen concert in 20, do you really want to hear him play any of the new stuff?
0: Yes. And his crowd goes for that. I knew this was where you were going. I've made this point. I made this point on a pod we did. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Um
2: Okay. Well then Bruce is not it, a good example, or you're not a good example as a Bruce fan.
0: Because to me No, 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 no. I no, I want to talk about this. I made this point, and I can't remember if it was on the flagship or one of our Patreon shows, but I talked about playing the hits versus Giving them new stuff every time out. And I specifically mentioned Springsteen because I said people go to Springsteen concerts because he plays a different set every night. And he's still writing number one album. He's still writing number one albums that he plays at his concert and the crowd is into it. Nobody is not into it when he plays the new material. And I compared that to like I don't know, Kyle's favorite band, you know, back when they were two or more, the Eagles or something like that, you know, where they would they would play the same set, just the greatest hits, no, you know, not really any new material. And i specifically said WWE is like when you go to the band that plays the greatest hits all the time. I, okay, okay. And I said right, that, Springsteen was a different thing. Yeah.
2: Okay, well, that's where I'm going. And I shouldn't have mentioned Springsteen, because you're a big Springsteen fan, and you just read you ruined it. So I should not have said Springsteen. But I said Metallica the reason I used Metallica is because I was like just watching um like Metallica in concert. And it's like a big deal, right? I don't know if you guys like saw us on it. Like they just did a bunch. Of th- and it's like it looks like a big deal, and you hear them play the old hits. You're like, this is cool, but like, God, I mean, nobody wants. Like I know some people went to like Metallica. last time they came to Cleveland. They're like, God, they played all this freaking new stuff. Nobody wanted to hear that. Like Pearl Jam is my favorite band. I'll make this. I don't want to hear Pearl Jam's new songs. I haven't wanted to hear Pearl like like I, like freaking play the stuff from the '90s. And I feel that is kind of what WWE is. To your point. So I mean, you got yeah, where I was yeah. going. You just refuse to have. Yeah. Break- you your own- <laughs>
0: well, it's <laughs> it's not. <laughs> actually accurate
2: like, oh here we go
0: okay it's but, not um, it's not man his okay, yeah, His, all right, his latest album is like one of his probably some people say top five album he's ever had to be honest that's, with you that, really that
2: sounds like I've, I've never listened to it and that sounds like a stretch but that's a different podcast for a different <laughs> um my point is like is that what WWE fans are they're like we're cool with just seeing our old favorites and so we just want to see things the way they've always been is that what the WWE fan base is like it's like going to see what's it's like all right, you know maybe we'll hear that occasional new song and we'll be like, oh, okay, it's not bad. But you know, play *Under Sandman*, play one. That that's kind of like the WWE. It you you said it with the it's like going to see a greatest hits show.
0: That's what the oh. casual audience wants. The casual audience wants oh. the greatest hits, and they're so. in you know, the hardcore audience wants something different. You know, we we are the hardcore audience. We want something different. We want them to play. Maybe we want them to play the rarities. You know, yeah. like if you go to a Springsteen concert to bring that back around, the hardcore audience, they want to see the new stuff, but they also they also want to see the rare stuff from the back catalog. Whereas, the, you know, the, yeah, the general audience, they want to hear Born in the USA. You know?
2: Yeah. But I just think like, uh, you know, First of all, we need to be careful with cash. I don't really know how many casual fans exist. Like, I think that W, like, there's a, th- there's what we are, but like the people who like WWE are hardcore in their own way. They just really like WWE. On the
0: recent product, they've trained a generation of fans that this is the only way to book. And what you've seen over the last 10 years, you know, this is, this is the way. <laughs> you know
2: and, I mean? and on that point, that brings me to my other point, because we got to got that off the rails here, because I, Dared to insult Bruce Springsteen, even though it really wasn't insulting. Anyway, in an I think you just story-
0: heard what I said on another podcast, and you forgot I already made this point.
2: Look, man, I'm trying to remember what the best <laughs> matches in 2007 are. I can't remember what you're saying about Bruce Springsteen every freaking year. Anyway, an underrated story in 2021, when I look at the landscape and I, I, I go on Twitter, is how many... WWE fans are content with the current product. There are some, and this is going to lead me to a conversation we have with Derek Gonzalez on Facebook, because I, I said I would mention this. Um, so hopefully he's made it through this show to this point. Uh, or at least, it's not that they're content with the current product, maybe, but they're also certainly unwilling to give AEW a fair shake. Because like what you were just saying, Ryan, they WWE's kind of trained a generation. Hey, this is the show. This is what wrestling's supposed to be, and if anyone else does it differently, that's stupid. If anyone tries to, you know, do something unique and, you know, create, well, that's dumb. This is the way wrestling should be, and I'm not talking about some of these heinous, bad faith actors on Twitter. People like, you know, let's go through the hit list again. WWE Junkie, uh, you know, Brad <laughs> Shepard, Bill oh. Shannon, uh, Jobber Nation TV. I'm talking about people that should be thought yeah, WWE Gareth is the other. No, I mean, these are people no. who should be cyber bullied off the internet. Now, if you do that, I'm gonna. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, now oh, if, shit. if you do that, I'm gonna have Ryan delete this <laughs> podcast because I don't want to get played for it. But you know, if you want to do a top rope nation, listeners, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, um, I'm not talking about. I'm talking, There are people who just like you know seem content, but um, you know, and to so that McMahon, it, it was sad how many that people were cheering for the McMahon's in that promo three years ago. Yeah, who who gets fired up that the McMahon's are taking back wrong? Who bows to Vince McMahon when he comes up? Apparently, people do. Um, but I, I wanted to get to something that Garrett said in the thing because we were talking about this Kevin Owens signing yesterday, and I I was kind of needling and and just being a dick and just I was like, well, you know, I was like Garrett, what if you don't like WWE and you just want it to change? And then I was like, the correct answer in parentheses, <laughs> which is the correct would. And he's like, well, you're probably not watching then, but there's still 1.5 to 2.2 million people that watch WWE every week. And that's a true statement that he made. But I feel like if you would go back to 2010 and I was criticizing something about WWE, I was like, man, I want this product to change. Somebody's going to say, well, there's still 4 million people watching this show. And if it's like 2005 and I'm like, dude, this product needs to change. Well, there's still 5 million people watching this show. Mm Mm-hmm. And yes, I know there's streaming services, okay? But I think it's hard for... I know it's hard for me, and I, I'm sure you guys are the same way. It's hard to look at the last 20 years of WWE, see these declining numbers, and not note how it corresponds with the declining quality of the program. Like, as the program's gotten worse, the rate, like... And yes, I like, streaming's part of it. Competition's part of it, but I, I don't think that tells the whole story. It's a... And... AEW, okay, gets criticized sometimes. And it's a criticism that has merit for only appealing to its base, right? When you look at AEW, sometimes people are like, well, this booking's not going to pick up any new fans. Well, at what point do we criticize WWE booking and staying the same because they want to retain their diehards for driving off people the same way, Right? It's like AEW, yeah. okay, they don't expand, but WWE, yeah, people still watch, okay? And it's more than AEW, but it's very clear that remaining the way they are, not changing, being a stale product, does over time drive off people. Does it not?
0: Yeah. I mean, I 60%, mean you, you, 60% of their audience in, in terms of pure viewership over the last, what, five, six years?
2: Yeah. That, Do you that's look at Raw's
0: numbers, 5 million to. Under two? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean I mean at some point you gotta say, okay, yeah, well people still like this, you know, smart ass man who doesn't like WWE anymore. Okay, yeah, I know people still like it, but there's also people they're losing people and it's not just because fucking Netflix exists. Like the shit like can you tell me that the WWE is good in the last three years? And that's I think the point of this process that hopefully people have enjoyed over the last a uh, hundred minutes or so. The answer is no. Who likes the WWE of the last three years? <laughs> I mean, what kind of asshole would podcast about this stuff?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. oh <laughs> 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 uh, We will have a WWE Day One post show <laughs> yeah. in early. Really looking
2: forward to that. Yeah, I know.
0: We're doing that for all of you to tune in. Yes. Yeah, if things things are dire in the world. Wrestling I mean, it's Federation tough. Right I mean, it, to, I mean mm-hmm.
2: Justin had mentioned this earlier. I, I'm with a man. I mean, the weeks I know we're not going to review WWE television, there is a 0. 0.0 chance I watch it.
0: There there are, uh, to, I think Adam threw this on the chat, though. There, are, I mean, there are definitely those people who are just, it's like they're so loyal to a corporation, and it's so weird. And, like, I saw people celebrating, yes, KO sign with WWE, like, why would that excite you? I mean, like, why do you care that much that he re-signed with WWE? You realize you could see him wrestle still elsewhere. They literally mm-hmm. don't want to watch another product. They are so loyal to this Whoa, corporation. And it's very, it's very <laughs> weird. I don't get it at all. Well, and well, I mean, a generational thing, I guess. You know, we grew up with two major wrestling companies most of our lives. And I I'm, don't get this. It's I am so
2: glad me. you brought this up because I thought of this. I, I This is something I thought of. It used to be that you liked wrestlers, right? Like you had favorite wrestlers, and mm-hmm. if they jumped, who cares? I don't care if they jump. I'm gonna, I, I like the wrestler; he's going to be good yeah, over here. It's kind of excited sometimes. Yeah, yeah. N- now it's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, if when the, there is a subset of fans online, when guys jump from WWE to AW, oh, they're no good. I never liked him anyway. You know, people <laughs> with O'Reilly all of a sudden he was Kyle Jobber. I saw it yeah. again. That was from some of the bad, real bad faith actors. Bottom of the barrel, people. Again, folks, don't cyber bully. Okay, that was a, a Freudian. I should have said that. Uh, maybe that WWE chunky guy you can cyber bully. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just odd. That, like, yeah. you know, we joke all the time. Who the fuck cares about brand supremacy? Who's loyal? They have cultivated. Now it's it's not the majority, and I don't think you can get away just catering to that group because it's it's dwindles. But there is a solid group of people who just love. They don't have a favorite route. They just love WWE, and that is odd. Yep. I, I'm with you, Ryan. It is an those are odd birds to me, man. Like if AEW got bad, I'd be like, well, fuck this.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you they know, don't I, want I, the. Do you not want the company to get better? Like I don't understand that at all. It's just like, well, watch no matter what, No, nah, we're not going to criticize it, or I don't. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean that's bizarre.
2: But I mean, I don't know. There are people who, who who do like it. I just think it's a dwindling number, and I just don't think you could keep saying, "Well, you know, one point five million people still like this," so that's good. Well, what about in three years when it's one point two? And we're having the same conversation. I mean, I, I again, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't see. You know, I want it to be good, like you said. You know, I, you know, Justin. I remember you and I did a Spotify or one of those shows. Uh, the aew post shows and we are like you know we're doing that you know we were talking about tribalism stuff and we both said one of the reasons we're so critical of WWE is that we want to see it change and get better
0: mm-hmm. let me let me ask you this what kind of business does their business model with the mindset of these people still buy our products nobody it's always how do we get more people to buy our Mm -hmm. products how do we appeal to more people there is no business in the history of the world who sets their goals for the year and it's like you know i hope we can continue to sell our product to those people only (laughs) that's not a way it works to be fair to be fair
2: they do they always tell you in these interviews oh well we're trying to reach all these people you know you know like roman's like oh AEW, like they make it seem like aew's got it is like this just niche audience and They'll never get bigger. Well, WWE, we've got our sights on bigger things, but that really hasn't happened. Like
0: Yeah, I mean, it's over- just not the goal. It's just not the goal though. Like you're always trying to draw in more people. That's the whole point of business. So, like to say, well, yeah, it might suck, but this many people still watch it, it doesn't make any sense because that's not the goal. That's not what you're supposed to do. Because as you said, those people have been gradually tuning out, and the whole idea is to grow your business, not just retain where you're at. Well, well, you know, I mean, so like I, to say it's bad, like that's that's not a counter argument. Yeah, no, to say, I mean, well, I so think, many people still watch it.
2: I mean I think but my thing is I was saying WWE and Titan Towers, they do want to obviously grow their own I mean that's obviously a goal for them. I just think that they really either don't know how to do that or or just are incapable of it.
0: I mean they used to be capable of it, but they've gotten yeah you know well, with WCW going out of business and everything like they've gotten so used to just doing what they think works and surrounding yourself with yes men like Johnny Ace and Bruce Prichard and yeah. uh just keep keep it rolling keep the yeah, gravy I mean, train going
2: they wanted to change they knew that they needed to like like right in that 93 96 and they changed yeah right it, it, and that's what I want to see like going back to like the band analogy like you can like for me I can only like a band for so long, like after a while, it's just like, all right, dude, they've peaked and we're going to find something else. But like the WWE is just like a band just keeps making the same freaking album, like, you know, <laughs> over and over. But just the, it, it's like every every album is just a little bit worse than the previous one.
1: Mm-hmm. You or, know? Or, or it's the the head coach who's still trying to get that eye formation to work in today's NFL.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Still, w- still running that wildcat, or or
2: kicking his kicker for missing field goals. <laughs> you know, I think that's oh. why that second hour of uh, dynamite last night was kind of odd and uneventful. I think the cons they were on the phone. They were giving old Herb the eighty-six job, man. <laughs> <laughs> they had figured They're like, all right, like I think as soon as Tony Khan, that Iron Man, or as soon as the sixty-minute uh, draw was over, yeah. Tony hopefully, Khan, like pal- I got go with my dad and 86 the coach
1: hopefully that means they know when to cut bait
2: yeah yes that's yeah. true true yeah and you know aw like we said they've got their but i i, I don't know i hope people enjoy this i just there's a lot of frustration this was actually born from um a rant that frank had on the, on the facebook page where a lot of people were just ranting oh this freaking wwe just makes me so bad i was just trying to like articulate some of the issues and hopefully we did that and, and people like this. I just, I think going into 20, I'm just not going to sugarcoat it. I think WWE stinks going into 2022. I think it absolutely stinks. And I, I have one request <laughs> for this podcast. Ryan Drosty, because I forgot to do this once and I, I said I was going to do this shtick and, and I forgot after Survivor Series, but I remember now and I'm going to do it. Ryan Drosty, I believe you're a fair man. I believe you're an honest man. I don't believe you're a hyperbolic man, but I demand right now. <laughs> On this podcast, you say the WWE smells like cow ass.
0: <laughs> it does. The WWE does smell like cow ass right now. You would make an Iowan say that. Yeah. I didn't even know. I, I,
2: yeah. I just. It's it, Is it good,
1: Justin?
0: No, it's not. No. <laughs> no, it's not fucking good. It's not good, Kyle. It's, not it's really good. not.
2: I just, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I I it, it it's I view this product as low as I've really ever. I love doing the show with you guys. Obviously, I love talking to our listeners. I love talking wrestling. But it's like, it's so frustrating when there's so much, like, great wrestling out there. Not just present day, but, or maybe not as much, but just in the history that you want to talk about. And then, like, it's like, God, like, is there any wrestling that you would rather watch less than, like, the last 10 years of WWE?
0: We S5. want them to be good. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're, I do. Just... This is all like supposed to be constructive of what's yeah. wrong. Like We want it to be good. There's been points during this podcast's history over the last five and a half years where things have happened. We were very high on I know it hasn't happened a lot in the last year, talking about WWE, but there were times when we were very high on some things they were doing. Go back in the archives and you could find them. Uh, and there was also times we were more critical of AEW, like early 2020, or Dynamite's early days. I think January yeah. 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, you know, I think we're objective. That's what we like to say on the show and objectively, Kyle, WWE smells like cow ass right now. <laughs> it really does. It really there. does.
2: It, yeah, it, it does. So, I don't know. Who knows? Let's Maybe they got some uh, uh aces up the sleeve, but I, I don't count on it. I don't count well, on it. I
0: sure it. hope, so man, it's it's a lot more fun to do those WWE post shows when shows are a little bit better than this. So, we'll see. Guys, again, subscribe. Join the Facebook group. Link is here in the description, either the podcast or the video version. You can talk to us every day, talking pro wrestling over there. A lot of good stuff happening over in the Facebook Pro Wrestling Discussion Group. You can follow all of us. Aaron says new T shirt. You can follow all of us on Twitter. I am at Ryan Drosti. That is D R O S T E. You can find the show at Top Rope Nation. Uh, Kyle's at TRP Kyle. Justin at Justin Joint J O Y N T, and we will be back very soon. We're heading into the holidays. Hopefully, all of you have a great holiday season, and we'll be getting a hold of you soon. Take care.